Welcome to the VoiceOver Insider Podcast. For VO industry news, tips, and information, be sure to subscribe using the subscribe button on this site. I'm Gary McFadden, the podcast co-host, along with Julie Williams. Julie, what's coming up on the podcast today? Hi, my guest today is Lisa Biggs, and she is a little voice big talent is her branding, which I think is like some of the best branding ever. And she is not a child, but she does play one on TV. She can sound like one very well. And so one of the things that we're going to talk about with Lisa today is voicing toys and also voiceovers for children. So Lisa, thank you for joining us. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So you know what? Voicing toys, I have to tell you, I've been doing voiceovers for more than 40 years and I know nothing about (laughs) voiceovers, but they do make the toy come alive. I remember when I was four years old, there was a new toy, a new doll coming out called Chatty Cathy. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I asked my mother, I was four, and I asked my mother, <laughs> can I feed her cheese? <laughs> I knew the doll would talk. So to me, that meant it was alive. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's really cool. Like, it's a cool experience um, to be in a toy. Like, I've, at this point, I've voiced over 100 toys. Wow. Like, you can walk down any aisle in Target or Walmart, and you'll find me. And it's it's really cool because, you know, animation is awesome because, you know, it's on television and people get to see it and interact with it that way. But like toys are just really neat, like just because of that kind of full sensory experience that kids have. Mm-hmm. But then like I remember my first talking toy, it was a Cabbage Patch Kid. I just thought it was the coolest thing. And so it's uh it's a ton of fun to do like to perform like when you're recording the stuff and it's just a really neat experience like after the fact especially like uh you know around christmas time when you know the last i guess 10 years i've been on the like top 10 top 20 toys on amazon or whoever's like like hot toys for that holiday season list and so nice. like it's cool yeah it's cool because like you know people are lining up to buy whatever it is and of course they think that I have some kind of like inside track to like getting them the toy and I'm like listen (laughs) I'm just I'm a peon I'm a spoke in the wheel sorry (laughs) you have um have each of these toys or a lot of the toys that you have voiced I have some of them but my problem is um I have 11 nieces and nephews and Ah. so yeah stuff just like goes missing so like I mean it just does and and I mean most of them are older now but like the younger ones uh the youngest is four and it's a girl and of course I do all these like unicorns and kitty cats and all this cute stuff and she's so freaking cute I can't say no and some of them now like you can't find them on they're on eBay for like 150 bucks when it costs like 20 dollars for like collector's items and um, so, yeah, I keep a lot of them in my laundry room. I have this big, uh, like a, a shelf that goes all the way around. Like it's like four, four sides to it. Uh-huh. And so I keep them up there because no one can reach them. Obviously not me because I'm short. But like the smaller people in my family can't reach them either. Um, although every time I turn on the lights in the laundry room, a lot of them are like light activated and like, so I turn on the lights in the laundry room and it's like, wow, all these like things happening at once. Like it's, it was funny at first and and now I'm kind of over it, (laughs) but 
what? If it keeps them in my possession, then whatever. That's what you got to do is you got to do. So what kinds of things are you saying in these talking toys? Um, I mean, everything from teaching kids how to do magic spells, teaching them numbers, like all the things that I do for little kids, like Fisher Price and Mattel and companies like that. It's all, you know, shapes and numbers and colors and letters and all of those things. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's pretty simple, but it's, these are for little, you know, definitely smaller kids. A lot of the ones that I do don't even say anything. They just, they're animal sounds and they emote. So like I'm an emoting monkey you know, I'm an emoting cat, you know, whatever. Like, I had no idea that was like a thing. And I remember being really good at animal sounds when I was little. Like, I remember going to a, a camp one summer and we were in our little cabin and everyone was going around and they were all saying, you know how girls do, like, I just like really love your hair. Oh my God, gosh, I like really love your shoes. And like, everyone was going around like saying nice things about each other. It was like kind of a exercise. And when they got to me, almost every single person was like, I just love when you bark like a dog. Like, it's so funny. It sounds like a dog. I was like, really sad. Because I was like, oh, that's that's me in a nutshell. Aww. Like, I just make weird sounds. You know, I was like eight or nine. And, you know, here we are 30 years later. And, you know, it's, Little did it's you know. how I make a living. Did you ever dream this is how you would make a living? Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I've been doing voiceover for 22 years and like, I kind of, kind of a happy accident, I guess. Like I always had this kind of unique voice. That's one word for it. And, you know, people would, um, constantly point it out to me as though I wasn't aware. (laughs) (laughs) And like at this point, I'm like, do you think I don't know? Like people come up and they're like, is that your real voice? And it's like, Dude, who fakes a voice? And if I did, I would fake something way cooler and definitely sexier. <laughs> I think you have the coolest voice. Oh, thanks. Uh, it kind of gets grating when I have to listen to it all the time. When I'm editing, I'm like, oh, you know, it's it served me very well. And so I, yeah, like early on, I, I booked a, um, a little radio commercial. I don't even think they paid me. Um, and it was a concert promo for Britney Spears. And I was 18, uh-huh. I guess. And I was like, wait a minute, this is like an actual thing. You know, it wasn't introduced to me at a young age like it is now for so many kids. Like it's definitely on their radar. It was nowhere near my radar until I was in college. And I was like, wait, that's like a job? Like people like that's like that's like what they do, you know, and and so that's you know what I've done my um adult life is voiceover. I've been super duper fortunate that. I just kind of got in in a good time when there was a lot less people doing it. So I was able to kind of stick out like a sore thumb and uh, had, you know, really great representation out of the gate and like just things that like I could not do that again if like, <laughs> like I just could not repeat that. It was just, you know, it was a lot of luck, um, a lot of magic, definitely, uh, you know, being blessed. And um, yeah, so here I am barking like a dog. And earlier today, I was actually making bunny sounds for a new um, series of toys that I'm recording for one of the big uh, companies I work for. We're doing like four of them next week in one session, like, ooh. But yeah, so I had to learn how to make bunny sounds and that was interesting. Bunnies snort. 
I was wondering what they do because I don't think of what bunny yeah. are. They totally snort, but it's not like a pig. It's more like a loogie snort. It's like, <laughs> it's like so gross. And then they, what else do they do? They like make like these weird um, sounds. What do they call it? Like. <laughs> that sounds like a bird. You know, like the noise that you would make if you were like. <laughs> wow. You know, trying to be like that. Yeah, they make weird sound so I just I spent you know 30 45 minutes on YouTube like watching videos about bunnies and I was like all right cool I got this I got this we're good tell me what um what does it pay to voice a toy you know what not as well as one would think for the toys themselves yeah I mean I mean it's, it's not you know a bad payday by any means like you know they're usually per toy so like you know anywhere from thousand dollars for the first hour and 750 for each hour after that depending on the company uh the one that i'm recording for next week it's 800 a toy so i'll make but a little over seven thousand dollars in one day mm-hmm. but that's all i'll ever see like i'll never get uh, the residuals Mm-mm. and these are like these are big big bajillion dollar companies that could certainly afford it but um it typically it's a buyout for the smaller companies, though, I've had surprisingly good luck, like just booking, like they do a lot of additional licensing and and uh, usage fees. And yeah, and it's turned out to be, you know, a really nice paycheck for what it is. You know, right. I mean, commercial still reigns supreme in voiceover, which is why I always position myself to be the batteries not included. Each separately. Ask your parents. We're going online. Yeah, girl. yeah, yeah. That is where you clean house. Like, I mean, not that like making seven grand in one day is like anything to turn your nose. No, it's nothing to sneeze at. No, but like the commercial advertising associated with these toys and these brands and these big companies that is very much on my radar as well. Yeah, and I do a lot of it. Do you a lot? Do you do a lot of uh, Saturday morning cartoon commercials? Um, the stuff that usually airs on, I mean, I don't know if it airs on Saturday mornings, but it definitely airs on, you know, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network, like, I I don't, I, the truth is I stream, so, like, I hardly ever see anything, because I'm, like, I'm, like, when I'm done with work, after I've made bunny sounds and, you know, thin and sparkly rainbow unicorn land all day, I want to watch something dark, like, (laughs) I really love, like, give me a crime drama like I'm like the the more the the higher the body count the better just because it's so I spend so much time in like that other world that like so I don't really watch the channels that this would air on and I also stream I don't have cable so I don't ever see it right yeah I just found a show called very scary people and it's a documentary a show apparently it's been around a few years um and I've never seen it before and it um it tells the story, usually in two episodes, of serial killers. Mm. Like, I've read Son of Sam. I mean, I've watched the two series for Son of Sam, The Zodiac Killer, uh, Charles Manson. Yeah. You know, and, and there are others, too, that I've never heard of before, and probably others that I have that will come up eventually, and I'll see those. So it's not really that dark in a way, but it's very informative. Yeah. Interesting. I like dark uh-huh. fiction, yeah, because otherwise it's like, oh, that really happened? Ooh. 
Like I, I recently downloaded like this news app on my phone because I'm I'm in here all day like recording. I live in right. Switzerland, so I'm kind of out of touch with current events. And like I was like, I'm gonna download this news app so I can be like, you know, up to speed with everything going on in the world. Oh my lord, I feel like that has totally affected my overall like sense of happiness. Like I'm, it's 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 too much there's too many things happening uh that i think i think i just need to take the app off my phone because it pings me every so like a couple times a day and it's like you've got news and then of course you click it and it's like nothing happy it's yeah yeah i gotta steer clear of that kind of stuff but i love you know what was when i just finished um it was really good it was on apple like apple like their their programming called Uh defending jacob it was really good i loved that and it's not dark and gritty but i really love yellowstone it's um yeah so i love stuff that is so contrary to the things that i do every single day and i think that's probably why because it just helps me to be more balanced (laughs) yeah when i worked in radio for decades i didn't listen to a radio in my car oh yeah i'm sure i just wanted to get away from it and and it's like being uh, a major actor watching um, B movie. I mean, you just, like you critique everything, and it's like I, I'm not working right now. Yeah, I don't want to critique it, so I shut it mm-hmm. off. Finally, what would you say to somebody who wants to get into voicing toys? I would have no clue what to tell them. How do you get into voicing toys? You voiced a lunchbox, you know, stuff like that. Well, I mean, some of it comes through the studios, the ones that were traditionally ISDN studios, the ones that have these like boutique rosters and. Um, of course, now the playing field is totally leveled because all you need is Source Connect to be considered uh, to be a part of their talent team. So a lot of it comes through the production houses, like the one that churn big work like day in and day out. It's just, I feel like most people are focused on like having agents. I feel like that's like a big topic of discussion, especially people that are early on in their career. They think that's like a thing. Um, and it used to be a thing like 15, right. 20 years ago, but it's really not like. And if you're a union, a lot of times it can be. Yeah. You know, so if I had to live, I've got like a handful of agents, I don't know, six, eight, something like that. If I had to live on what I get from all my agents put together, I wouldn't be buying a house right now. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I mean I, I'd be, you know, flipping burgers on the side because you mm-hmm. just, there's just not enough work coming in just through the agents. Mm-mm. And because everything is so open, so that, uh, and, and so the rates are down, you yeah. know, uh, it's really hard to find that commercial that's going to pay off your house these days, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. they used to, mm-hmm. you know, the national commercials. And yeah. um, now instead of, you know, a thousand people uh, auditioning for that national commercial, 10,000 people send that audition in and how many get listened to? Probably not mine. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of the wild, wild west right now in terms of just opportunity. But it's one of those things where, like, I've always been, I've loved, like, the flip side of voiceover. You're like, yeah, I love making weird money sounds, and I love, you know, all the really fun things that I've been so lucky and fortunate to be able to do and hopefully continue to do. But I also love the business. I love like direct marketing. Like I'm a nerd when it comes to like getting myself in front of whoever, like, because you kind of have to, Yeah. like you really have to be um, comfortable with, you know, presenting yourself to the right people because they're not going to come and find you. Like it just doesn't work that way anymore. Like I wish it did because that would certainly like make our ego feel better. 
and it would save us time, but nobody's oh, yeah. discovered anymore. No. Mm-mm. No, we discover them. They don't discover us. Yeah. Like I, uh, back several years ago, because now they're bankrupt, but I got hired by BBDO to uh, voice direct for Toys R Us. So I was their voice director for their commercial advertising, which is really fun. I did it for like, uh, like probably three or four years. And it was a total blast, especially during the holidays, because like we had all these commercials and it was just really neat to be a part of that part of the creative process of, of advertising. But I remember when I first walked into my session, like it just, the opportunity just kind of showed up at my door. I didn't have to like submit a resume or anything. Yeah. They were like, hey, you want to do this thing? And I was like, yeah, cool. Sounds fun. So I showed up and I assumed the reason that they were, they, they had hired me is because I had this really long list of toys that I, you know, voiced, like half the stuff in Toys R Us had my voice in it. And I really thought it was like me, like it was like, you know, like piggybacking off my like reputation as a voice actor or whatever. No, I was like totally wrong. So like I came into that first session thinking like, they probably think I'm so cool because I do all these toys. Like my ego was so big, I hardly fit through the door. And I walked in and I said hi to all the copywriters and all the producers and everyone that was in the control room. And the girl that had hired me, she goes, oh, Liz, so, so nice to meet you. And I'm like, that's not even my name. <laughs> and I realized like, oh, wait a minute. I'm hired to do a job and that's it. It's, I don't have to impress anyone. I don't have to like jump through hoops. I just have to do what the job, the task that I am assigned to the best of my ability and maybe a little more, more than that. Yeah. I was like, oh, now I can do that all day, every day, you know? And it was like such a, you know, for like a millisecond, it was a bummer. Cause I was like, oh, they don't know who I am. Really. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, oh, so like when you really look at what we do as customer service, really, when you, when you strip all the cool gigs down and all the fun stuff and it's customer service, we are helping someone like accomplish whatever it is that they need to do. And like, I'm reading this book right now and it has this like really fun concept of where, like where our job as the service provider is to make them the hero. Like we're not coming in with our cape on, saving the day. Like, like in a, to, to a degree we are, at least we know that like what we do is very important, but our job is to make, is to assist them so that they rise to that heroic level, like right. within their company or, because most of the people we work for work for somebody else. So like our job is to make them look good in front of all those tears of somebody else's and that's what makes us super valuable. Yeah, it's our voice totally, but it's also like our ability to do our job um, in a way that just makes other people look like rock stars and not yeah. really us, you know? And and yeah. I that's I feel like that's such a relief when you think about it because then it kind of takes the pressure off of being better than other people or like whatever. Like it totally takes that comparison pressure off because you're like, wait a minute, I'm me. And I just have to be the best version of myself related to my voiceover business. Awesome. Check. I could check that box off. No problem. Right. You know? And then you can just focus on on you and like building your business and not so much worried about what everyone else is doing or what you're not doing, you know? Right. Right. You're making them look good. And then they're going to come back to you without even yes. the other people. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Like if you make other people like totally look good and, and totally rock their whatever role is in their company, 
you are now the person that they their go-to person uh-huh. Uh-huh. you know yeah well lisa this has been so much fun liz uh no I'm <laughs> <laughs> and this has been so much fun lisa um i love your voice i i know you uh, get tired thanks. of me today but i really love your voice well, that's why when i wrote the children's book i had you voice all the kids well i love my boy voice like i can listen to my boy voice it doesn't great it doesn't get on my nerves the way that my voice does like I just recorded some stuff like earlier today about pandas for this like e-learning thing. And I did a boy voice and I don't mind sitting down and editing this because just like the overall like tone of it is a little easier, but then like my voice comes along and it's like, rah, 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 rah. and it's just like, I, I just, I have a hard time like with long form stuff, like editing it. Cause I'm like, Ugh. but like the other voices that I do, yeah, they're cool. We can hang out. We can hang out. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could ever get tired of listening to your voice. But I'm, I'm really you. looking forward to the webinar we're going to be doing about voicing toys. Me too. Yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And, and um, we're going to have all of that information on the website for you to be able to connect to it and sign up for the webinar. Uh, I don't remember the exact yes. date off the top of my head. I'm sure it's September uh-huh. 2020. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, and time enough for people to uh, listen to it before the Christmas toys come out, right? I know, right? Because all of that stuff will be firing up around like August, September, especially the advertising. Uh It'll be super fired up. And like a lot of the voicing of the toys happens around then because a lot of them debut in February at the Toy Fair in New York. So our job is usually like, especially with toys, like we're kind of the last person on the assembly line, so to speak. Um, And so like it does a lot of stuff comes around in like the fall, like late summer, like early fall, because some of them, some of them take a couple of years to come out. But at the Toy Fair, which is the big uh, event in New York every year for people in toys. Well, thank you again for being um, a fun, one of the most fun guests ever. Insider podcast. We'll have to have you back again. Mm, Thanks. I'm looking forward to our webinar. It's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, me too. Thanks. Okay, we double checked that date and time for the upcoming webinar, Voicing Toys with Lisa Biggs. It's Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020. Join the webinar at 7 p.m. Eastern or 4 p.m. Pacific. For more information, go to our VoiceOver Insider Connect Facebook page and click the post for the Lisa Biggs webinar. And in our next episode, I'll be talking with Josh Alexander about his rocketing voiceover career, his new book, and his unique approach to marketing his voiceover business. We'll see you then.